Welcome to the Service Driven Life Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Clark, and I have set up over 4,000 nonprofits and received over $10 million in grant funding. This podcast is designed to highlight community heroes and give tips on nonprofit and service-based business growth. Welcome back, Earth Angels. We have been interviewing people who have worked in all types of areas of nonprofit in the last series. And today we have Coburn Place back. You guys heard from Julie from Coburn Place a couple of weeks ago. But today we have Kim here from Coburn Place, and she's going to be talking all about being a communications director and what that entails. I know a lot of you guys don't have that position yet, but now you can know what you're looking for when filling that position and what you may be able to do while you're getting started, why you don't have that position necessarily in place. So Kim, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. I'm Kim Easton, and I'm the communications director for Coburn Place, and I've been there almost three years now. Okay, awesome. And how did you get into the communications field? Is this something you studied and was always interested in? Um, Yeah, my college degree is in communications with um, concentrations in public relations and journalism. I was always really interested in magazines. So I got into the publications route um, and worked on magazines for um, trade associations in general. Okay, awesome. Now, the nonprofit portion of it, is that something that you've been doing for some time, or did you just kind of bump across the nonprofit aspect, or is that something you've been drawn to? Well, in my early work with trade associations, um, they're nonprofits, but a very different nonprofit than Mm -hmm. Coburn Place. Okay. Then for 12 years, I worked at the Indiana Historical Society as communications director there. Um, And that is a nonprofit and a museum as well, and then moved into Coburn Place. Okay. Does communications look the same across the board when it comes to nonprofit and for-profit or not really? It does. It's very much the same. Unless it's uh, business-to-business marketing, it's pretty much the same. same. Um, Communications is uh, media relations, it's website, it's branding, it's writing, Mm -hmm. Um, there's graphic design, there's a lot to it. Okay, awesome. Well, let's dig right into that. Tell me a little bit about what your duties look like and, you know, what it looks like to fulfill this position. Um, Well, typically, like today, I'm writing a story. I interviewed a survivor and I'm writing up her story for our website and we'll push that out on social media. But um, on another day, I might be editing and updating our website, working on a direct mail, um, we're getting ready to do our annual report. So that will be a pretty heavy um, load uh, coming up. And then I work with the media to get our story out. Awesome. That is a big question that I get a lot from people um, when it comes to nonprofits and just getting started. They may ask, how do you connect with the media or how do I do a press release? How do I make that connection? And sometimes I feel like um, they kind of feel like it's a, it's something that's um, unattainable or there's no process in it or it's a difficult thing. Um, but really, I feel like for the most part, it's just a matter of having those steps. So what are the first steps? If you have a story, you have things you want to share and you want to get the media's attention, how do you start that process? Well, it usually starts with something as basic as a press release. Mm -hmm. Um, 
now I have some uh, media management software I'm using, but before I didn't. So a lot of it is, a, it's just about building relationships with local reporters. Um, I go to a lot of events uh, sponsored by the Public Relations Society of America, the local chapter in Indianapolis. Uh, they have meet the media events where um, reporters will come and talk about um, what the best way is to pitch them. And it's oh. changed a lot because... You know, when I first started out, I was typing up press releases and making copies and putting them in an envelope and sending a stamp away, you know, putting a stamp on it and sending it off. Um, now it's about direct messaging somebody on Twitter and wow. or, or through an email. Um, generally, if we have a particular story, I'll look for reporters who have written about domestic violence in Indianapolis or some reporters here in town will specialize in nonprofits. Um, so we kind of know who to talk to. And, okay. but it's good, it's a good idea. If you want media attention, especially from um, the TV stations, it's a good idea to make sure that you have something visual to go along with it. So that when you're pitching a reporter, you can say, you can come out and get this shot or this shot, or we'll have this person that you can talk to. And if you kind of hand them the story, they appreciate that. Okay, got it. That is a, a great tip. And I, you, I hear the word press release often, and some people have confusion when it comes to press release. Can you break that down to the very basics of what that looks like and what it means? Um, in general, press releases aren't anything like great writing. It just needs to be who, what, where, when, why, how, all of the things that you learn in communications class. Mm -hmm. So if you get all the details and send it out, and generally um, good reporters are going to want to make their own story, um, you might get a local paper or a local newsletter who will print your entire press release. Um, but for the most part, uh, people are going to be writing their own stories and will contact mm -hmm. you for an interview. Okay, so you literally write that up and then you send it to the press. I send it out. And if you don't have relationships with reporters um, for TV stations, at least sometimes the best place to start is just to email their news desk because that's going to reach a producer who's assigning all the stories. That is awesome. And that event sounds like, um, I didn't know they offer those events. I'm sure those are probably in every state where you can start to build those relationships as well. Yes. Um, you actually did a story for me at one point, didn't you? Yes. And it was, I do remember just to give some kind of behind the scene tips, I remember how comfortable it was to talk with you. I don't know if those are some things that, that matter when it comes to communications and pulling the story, um, but I think just getting the proper information, making sure it's a comfortable environment, letting them know. I remember you saying you don't have to share. You can share what you're comfortable with and just creating that. You know, they say people don't remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. I believe that was like several years ago, but I remember just feeling very comfortable. Is there any tips you would give as far as that? Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. I generally don't act as our spokesperson. Okay. Um, I will do it in a pinch, but I generally don't do that. So what I'll do is send a reporter to talk to our CEO, to talk to Julie, who's one of our spokespeople, our vice president of development, or to someone like you, a board member. Mm -hmm. And so depending on the topic, um, for you, it was just a story about you and you are the best person prepared for that. But if it's something about, say, the connection between poverty and domestic violence, I will do some research and get talking points and make sure that whoever's doing the interview is prepared to talk to the media and feels comfortable and feels like an expert in that situation. Awesome. 
Okay, last little segment we'll talk about a little bit is for nonprofits that this is not their priority position to fill yet, and they're just still in the beginning phases, and they may not be filling it at the very moment. Is there maybe a couple of little tips or the most important things that they can do to um, to keep their communications flowing, um, get in front of the press, keep that you know keep that area fulfilled with limited amount of time and resources? <laughs> um, I think the most important thing is branding. Okay. Um, and being consistent. So consistency is key, consistent in how you write and what you say and your messaging. So get together those general talking points about your organization, um, the phrases that you want everybody to use when they talk to the press. Um, right now, our messaging is about fresh starts and well-being, and we work that into every interview that we do. Yeah, and I will add that as a little tag tip as well. The last um the last uh news uh interview that I did, I made sure that I asked you all what is the main things that we're working on and focusing on what is the messaging, make sure that I'm clear. So right. to make sure that who's ever whoever is actually doing that story or ends up being interviewed or whatever the case may be, that they're clear on the things that you all want them to include. Yeah. I think that that's and definitely a voice is important too. Um you know, social media is is so valuable and is such a great way to reach people, but you have to do it in the right way. And so sometimes, like, say if you're a small nonprofit and you have three or four employees, and if all of you are working on social media, the voicing is going to be different. So you mm -hmm. want to make sure that you have a consistent voice, a consistent way of saying things. Um, and that's your brand. I love that. That is such a good tip. And it sounds like it's small, but it's huge. That's what I've been learning like the last couple of years is this the small things that we sometimes rush through that are that end up over time being very important. You know, having that concise voice. I remember when I first started in my business, I had um I had watched a uh I want to say it was a podcast, but a visual and a video. I don't know what those are called. <laughs> I was watching it and she was saying that always whenever you're talking, if you're talking to the camera and you don't have someone in front of you, always have someone in front of you. Right. You know, I just thought you know, just think about it. And she was, she was in news. She was in media. And I was like, it's almost too simple for it to be. And I realized that that is huge for me whenever I'm talking, especially if it's not something like this, that I am talking to a specific person and assuming that other people will get the message as well, because I'm talking to that specific person. Right. Mm -hmm. A website, a good website and good social media. Um, that's your best assets, your best communications asset that is the public facing asset of your organization yes that's good because that's what i always tell our organizations is website social media shows your community it has a it's where everyone goes to see yes. what you're doing what you're about and to get your message so that is like um it is your first impression right and um, social media isn't social media isn't the answer for everything um mm -hmm. you know having a viral post is not going to all of a sudden bring your nonprofit a million dollars it's that consistency that's the key and and you can't rely on it for all your donations or all your event attendance, you have to also use other channels. Absolutely. So social media and also old school engagement, picking up the phone yes. um, and things like that as well. I love that Coburn is one of a handful of organizations that still sends out letters, handwritten thank yous and birthday cards and things like that. And sometimes I think when you're inside of an organization, you think, oh, okay, are these things going to matter? 
but they do, you know, people put up those cards, people. So all of those are little touches to keep yourself, your organization on the mind of the people that really matter. Yeah. Um, I had a nonprofit organization that got a lot of media attention and they did not have um, someone in public relations or anything like that. And one of the tips they gave was doing stuff out in the community which is exactly what you're, what you're saying, like having things that are visual. Sometimes when you're doing things visual and they're on social media and things like that, the press will actually come to you. Yes. Is that something that's kind of common as well? Yes, that happens to us a lot. Um, we've had, we had a TV station pick up a story I wrote about a survivor just because they saw it on social media. Wow. It wasn't anything that I had put out there um, except to put it out there on our website and to push it out through our channels. And we got contacted and that survivor was willing to be interviewed for the news. And it was a great experience for her. That is so encouraging. And the great thing about that is that that's, that post may or may not have went viral. Right. But see how much more impact it was because of the singular person that was able to connect with it and the opportunity that came with that. Right. So which goes back to your point you were saying on that consistency is what's important and the branding, the message that's coming across. Yes. Thank you so much, Kim. That was powerful. That was powerful. For anyone who wants to get um, in contact with Cobra Place, see how they can get involved, see how they can help. Can you go ahead and say your website? Sure. It's CobraPlace.org. Awesome. And we will make sure that we include that link below as well. Guys, go ahead and check out the social media and what they're doing. I'm really big on not reinventing the wheel. If things are working, look at what's working and see if that can be an inspiration for you and for your nonprofit and some th similar things that you can um, gather some inspiration from as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave a review if there was some type of nugget that you got out of this last episode. And if you are not following us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at Tracy Angelica Clark and our website is clarkandclark.org. If you are interested in starting a nonprofit organization and you don't know where to begin, we have set up over 4,000 nonprofit organizations and we've helped them to receive over $11.5 million in grant funding. So reach out to me and I'll let you know when our next training program starts and I'll get you all the details on how to get started with a nonprofit today. If you have not already downloaded our free nonprofit crash course and checklist, you can do so at ClarkandClark.org and I'll see you guys in the next one.